destroy all children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy all children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. What's yeah. what? What's the matter? I say knowingly. Just like Prince Philip died, man. Uh huh. Remember when we did that Deadpool and I said that I'd watch all of Star Trek if Prince Philip died before Betty White? Yeah, and I said it was a stupid idea because he looked like he was about to die within the next two days. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. It was a stupid idea, Larry. Fuck you. <laughs> well, it's true. It was very stupid. And now you're reaping what you have sowed. I have, at multiple points this this weekend while watching The Sopranos, been thinking to myself, I really got to get started on Encounters at Farpoint, because that thing is fucking interminable. Uh-huh. I've seen it once, I have to watch. I feel like probably I need to go back and rewatch everything I already watched in the first season, right? It's been a while. Probably. I don't know. I guess it's up to you, but... Ugh. If I gotta, like, talk about it or something, then I probably should, because that stuff has become kind of a blur. Well, I don't want to talk about it, for one thing. Well, where do you want to talk about it? I just want you to (laughs) stew in it. I just want it to infect your brain. God, I do not like the idea that I'm going to come out of this knowing a vast amount more about Star Trek than you do. Correct, that's the idea. That's the punishment. I already feel that I I do at this point, but, like, I'm going to know... Way more Exactly, like, that's the deal That's something that oh, you can never undo Unless you become well, like me and have a terrible memory um, Speak <laughs> of which I looked at the episode list for Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 8 Apparently I watched like half of that season and You did like, watch the other half of it? I guess not Because I remember okay. the smiley face uh, I remember the guy with the vow of silence In the Palestinian chicken episode Which I'd even talked to you about I didn't realize that was from 8 oh, yeah. I thought that was earlier. I um, mean, I forgot that too. I also thought the Palestinian chicken one was earlier on. Yeah, but yeah, those are all season eight. So I guess like mm. he doesn't even go to New York until the second half of that. Mm. Anyway. Well, there's uh, only I have what, an like itch 500 in my anus. episodes of... Is what I'm saying. She get that checked out. <laughs> uh... Well, you've been spreading that rumor about gerbil. <laughs> That's right. And if Persona 2 has taught me anything, if you spread a rumor long enough, it just becomes reality. So, exactly. You know, making it happen. The Going ultimate, down to the detective station. The ultimate boss of Persona 2 is Marty Funkhauser. That's right. You get there and you I just went to hear, the bathroom. Larry! From the end of the dungeon. I went to the bathroom and there was a Marty Funkhauser uh, in the detective agency bathroom and he told me that there's a gerbil up your ass that's exactly <laughs> uh-huh. how it went down i had to donate a thousand a hundred thousand dollars to the nikomata shrine in there Ugh. so i can meet with marty this is all very funny if you've played persona 2 which nobody has I so have. well I mean, i'm I have, doing this for my own much. amusement uh yeah i don't think many 
people played it here when it came out either, and I doubt a lot of people played that PSP version of Innocent Sin. I did, but not that much of it. So, mm. you know, actually, that's um, might have should to get remake that from PSN before it all shuts down. Yes, you should. Uh, they should that. remake. They should remake Persona too, in like the vein of a modern, like a current Persona game. And this is a very clumsy segue into the part of the podcast where we talk about a couple of upcoming remakes. Yeah. One of them good, one of them bad. I love remakes, actually. Two, like, that's a, two my, sides that, of the hideous might, one. Yeah, we're like Harvey Dent over here. Uh, yeah. So it might be a controversial uh, opinion, but I love remakes uh, because new games usually are disappointing. And so if they just remake old ones, I'm into it. <laughs> Just get play old game, get excited for next old game. Exactly. Unironically, well, uh, yes. How do you feel about the old game, The Last of Us? Oh, this is the scratch side of the coin. That's right. That's the <laughs> side of the coin it came up. You know, here's we're going to talk thing, about though. The Last of Us, and then I'm going to kill Commissioner Gordon's son. Well, here's the thing: people are mad about this because they're like, "That game isn't even that old. Doesn't need to be remade." I would say yes, because it plays like shit. And so if they make it play better, like The Last of Us 2 does, even though I had plenty of other problems with that game, sure, why not? Here's where I fall on this. I don't care for The Last of Us at all. Yeah, me I'd either. rather that studio do something other than a remake right now. But mm. if the choice were if the choice were just between like, hey, they are only going to either do a remake of The Last of Us or Days Gone 2. I'd rather they do The Last of Us. Well, that was I really don't care to see much more of Days Gone. Okay, well, they're completely different studios, but okay. Okay, I thought it was the same one, was my understanding. Of I, it, I thought, no. Well, there's so, been a lot of news about Sony, and I'm kind of yes. a little bit like lost in the weeds on it at this so point. Sony Bend, Christ. Sony Bend, who did Days Gone, were going to assist on The Last of Us remake, I think, and then bailed on it. Because. Okay. I think specifically because they were told no, there's not going to be a Days Gone 2. I think that's what happened. I could be yeah. wrong on this too, because yes, it's all kind of a mess. Yeah. And then there was stuff where like the director from Sony Bend uh, was he was like confirming some things, but he couldn't outright say them because of NDAs or whatever was going on, and so he was having to be like, yeah, mo this is mostly true. Don't fire me. Uh, but I Please think don't that's separate me from my family I didn't actually pay a whole lot of attention to this Because to be honest I don't care about The Last of Us or Days Gone So Yeah I, I mean my, my thing is again I'd really rather they not take up a studio's time When they could be developing something completely new Yeah And having them instead doing The Last of Us Which is a game that already had like an HD remaster Mm-hmm it, it's fine. I don't think they need to spend a bunch of time and money going back to that when they could be doing something entirely different. I guess so. But I mean, the thing is that but I'm... remaster was super lazy and still had like every single bug that was in the original game. And that was a PS3 game, so it was basically just like upscaled and running a higher uh, frame rate, and that was it. Which I then default back to. I just don't care about The Last of Us. Yeah, me too. Which is why it, which is why it, bu it bugs me that they are just not doing something that I might be interested in, that I might like. Well, they are. I am. How like, about a new Uncharted? Also, no. 
Yeah, I know. I don't really care I'm about done. that either. I'm, I'm done with all that shit. Like, I want to move on. And You're Daniel Plainview like... now. You've just bashed in Nathan Drake's head <laughs> with a bowling pin yelling, I'm finished. That's right. Yep. Speaking of which, uh, Paul it... Dano in an episode of The Sopranos in season four. It was a weird Ooh. thing. That gives me something to look forward he's to. Like, he's a weirdo little, like, hipster friend of AJ. He's a total dweeb <laughs> who like thinks he's cool. Weird. Um. Yeah. So I. Again, I'd rather they be doing something completely different, a new IP, perhaps. But like, I'm with you that I don't necessarily. I'm not bothered by remakes. There, there are certain points where it feels like maybe there's just a bit too much of that, and I would rather something completely new and original come out. That maybe some of these studios lean on remakes a little too hard. But generally, like, I'm not bothered by them. Uh, that Final Fantasy VII remake is a whole lot better than playing the original game. Yeah. For example. I, I would say, like, something like Capcom, where they're just doing a mix of it. You have the Resident Evil 2 yeah. and 3 remakes, but they're also doing 7 and 8 Village at the same time. Devil May Cry 5. That's all fine. Yeah, I, I guess part of it, though, for me with remakes is it needs to be far enough out that when if you're remaking that game at this point, you're going to be iterating on it in a very major way. Like that Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes are far removed from the original games. Well, that's just and, the difference between a remake and a remaster is the thing. Sure, but with The Last of Us, like how much of that are they really like realistically going to change? It's already pretty close to like, what a modern third-person shooter is, right? Eh, not really. Like, it's really dated. Like, at the time, I was like, this is okay. just Manhunt with zombies. Uh, and it's. I will go with it, you on this. I did not really play it, it The Last of Us. It felt really old. Okay. Just like everything about it was like, this is like a PS2, an early PS2 game. It was really disappointing mm. considering who it was coming from. But... I would have figured it just played like Uncharted, but with nope. stealth segments. Nope. Much clunkier. Oh, okay. With cool. real, really bad AI, just like all right. No, I'm with you now. It needs a remake. Your AI, your AI partners, just like moving back and forth between cover and full view of enemies, but they can't have them. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. obviously they knew it sucked, so they can't have them alert enemies. So instead, they're just invisible and just like darting around everywhere. It sucks yeah. so bad. Two's a lot better, Gang, like gameplay well, wise. So. You know what remake has me interested though? Sonic yes, Colors. I, yeah, that's right. Sonic Colors, the best Sonic it game. It might be happening. Yes. Well, I don't know about that. Yes. It's the best. It's the best 3D Sonic game. Eh. I don't think it's the best Sonic game, but it's it is easily definitely the best 3D Sonic game. Well, yes. Also, Which... I think it's the best Sonic game. <laughs> okay. I don't like Sonic the old Three ones, and Knuckles, so... but. So, this is, this got leaked, so I guess that there's no way to say for sure that this is happening, hey, but it's You know what, seems... here, th this is my argument. Look okay. at a screenshot of Sonic Colors, side-scrolling segments, look at how far that camera is pulled back. You can see everything. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Well, if they fucking let them make, like, HD versions of those original games that actually ran on, like, consoles, that would alleviate a lot of that. Wouldn't no, it? it wouldn't. It would still be zoomed but then in. Sega, no, it's not. The it the ones on on cell phones are like there's enough to the sides on that that it 
solves a lot of that issue of hmm. like this is way too close and Sonic is dead center on the screen. Okay. But like they for whatever reason, I don't know what Sega's logic behind it is, they will not move those off of like cell phones and tablets and onto like actual consoles or Steam. Weird. And they absolutely refuse to make one for three. Uh, which people assume has to do with like all the legal stuff that's tied up with the music of that game. Yeah. Which probably is the case. Uh, but uh, Taxman, uh, the guy who did Sonic Mania, he had like a proof of concept of a Sonic 3 HD running that he tried to pitch to Sega. There's footage of it out there, but they just would not go for it. And why wasn't Sonic like, Mania like that? Sonic Mania is like that. You get plenty on the sides of the screen. At that point, that's just a you problem. No. Because <laughs> I think that bad. looks fine. Well, whatever. But point is, I, I don't know why Sega doesn't just take those HD ports that exist on, like, Android and just put them onto Steam, put them onto, like, the PlayStation Store. Because, like, they did that with Sonic CD. Yeah. But 1 and 2, they just refuse for some reason. Well, uh, yeah, they Sonic 1 at least 1 and 2 I think were on Xbox Live Arcade But they're different versions They're not what you're talking yeah, those, about Yeah those were by um, Was it M2 Did those? I don't think so It was a long time ago That was like early days of 360 mm, Okay <laughs> Yeah because I think like the last one that they really put out Was like that 3DS one Right? Oh yeah yeah one. the 3D classics thing Yeah I think that might be like the last release they really had of that game. I don't Could know. And look, thankfully, there's a bunch of industrious Sonic fans out there who just made a HD version of Sonic Three that you could download and enjoy for free because Sega refuses to do it. <laughs> so that's that's nice. nice. Yeah, I am glad that Sega at least doesn't shut that shit down. That they seem to just give like tacit approval to things like that. Like when it's something that they're not going to do. Uh. Which, hey, going back to Persona 2 for just a second, when uh, I had read up about, like, when the fan translation for Innocent Sin came out, apparently Atlas knew about it and very intentionally decided to not do a damn thing. Yeah, of course. They were totally cool with that coming out. Uh, I've been reading, like I said, I'm reading into, like, the localization of that game, and, like, apparently the localization team that handled Eternal Punishment wanted to do Innocent Sin and were fucking pissed when they were told no. So I guess it finally coming out like fan translated might have been like cathartic for them in some way. But mm-hmm. anyway, Sonic Colors. Hey, um, apparently Sonic Two came out on the Switch recently. Is that oh, just great? Like... That seems like a terrific way to play that game. I mean, is if that I ju- have a head injury or something, is that just like the regular game? I don't keep up on Sonic news like you game. do, so. It's probably just the regular game. I probably would have heard about it if it was a port of like the Taxman version. Well, I know it's not um, a port of the Taxman version. I mean, it might be of I the phone the, version. What the? That's the Taxman version. Oh. Yeah. The Taxman. The phone versions are the ones made by Taxman. Okay. Yeah. You love the Beatles. I do. Sonic That's Colors. I got the complete Beatles collection. That's right. Uh, yeah, Sonic Colors. Sonic Colors. Um, 
this is easily my favorite 3D Sonic game. It's your favorite of all time. It's great. And it's you were mad that... at me for saying it was good back when it came out. I was like, this is the best Sonic game that's come out in like several years. And you're like, because I didn't, because I didn't believe Wii. you. I yes, first of all, it's on the fucking Wii, yeah, which is a terrible console. I don't want to have to play that thing with the Wii mode. So already, like, the biggest thing for me to look forward to with a port of this is that it will apparently come out on, like, actual video game consoles, couldn't and I just... could play it with a real controller. Couldn't you just play it with a classic controller? I could, but, like, so my issue is I don't have a Wii. I have a Wii U. And so with the Wii U emulating the Wii, there's a bunch of, like, weird shit with what controllers it wants to accept and what controllers it doesn't accept. And I thought I had it figured out, and I was able to play it off, like, a regular controller, but I wasn't, so I had to use a Wiimote, and I don't have a nunchuck, so I just had to do the thing where you hold the Wiimote, oh. like, horizontally, like a jackass. Not good. Not no, ergonomic. I was able... God, No. I was able to finish the game just fine, but like the idea of a remake coming out and being on the PlayStation 5 and I could just use that controller, like that sounds way better. Yeah. Uh, having it in a proper resolution, like a modern resolution, so it doesn't look like all jaggy. Not like, 480p. Yeah. 480p that is getting upscaled through the Wii U and then upscaled further by my TV. <laughs> doesn't look good. So, like, yeah, having that actually look pretty crisp in, in a proper aspect ratio at a good resolution, having it run at, like, a stable frame rate, like, I I remember it, for the most part, ran fine. Like, especially when you when compare like, to other stuff, like, Unleashed. When you crashed into stuff, it would tank. Yeah, but generally, compared to other Sonic games of that era, it ran pretty good. Yeah. Um... But still, they could they could probably improve stuff like that. They could probably improve loading times in that game. Not that that was necessarily bad either. Um, hey, hey, um, I don't mean to. Uh, is this the end of the Sonic Colors chat? Because I have a news I, item I did, we forgot about. I did want to defend myself briefly. Okay. The reason why I was upset with you saying it was good was at that point in time. I completely sold myself off of ever touching a Sonic game ever again. <laughs> I had made a clean break, clean living. And then you're over here just going like, what if he did one more hit, dude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if he did just one more? And then you made me fall off the fucking wagon. And well, admittedly, it was great. But then after that, I started trying to tell myself that Sonic Generations was good. So uh, it just turned into a whole fucking thing again. Yeah. I still think Generations is like an okay game. But like over time, mm. over time... I respect the fact that Colors is as good as it has gotten with 3D Sonic games. And so, like, I really hope that this turns out to be true because perhaps the most infuriating thing to me about, like, where Sonic the Hedgehog is at in terms of, like, game availability is I could readily buy Sonic Lost World on Steam, but I can't buy Sonic Colors. It's messed up. What the fuck? Yeah, that's terrible. So I'm looking forward to getting more information about that. I just really hope it exists. Well, speaking of Sonic, uh, the creator of Sonic, Yuji Naka, has not been having a good time. Rest in peace, Yuji Naka. Uh, would you like to talk about this while I look up the actual figures? Yeah, I was going to say I need the figures in front of me. Uh, we forgot to bring this up 
the other day, but I think that this has also just been kind of getting worse for him as numbers elsewhere start coming in. Yeah. Uh, but Balan Wonderworld ain't doing so hot. Yes, Balan Wonderworld, which I thought until last week was Balan Wonderland, because that me too should be the title of it. Yes, Um, garbage fucking title for this game. So I think a garbage title for a garbage game. (laughs) Have you actually sat down and like watched gameplay footage of it? Okay, I wonder. Does it also, like, strike you as being very, like, reminiscent of Nights into Dreams? Yeah. Like, not just aesthetically, but when you watch it, you're kind of like, oh, I don't want to play this. Yeah, and, like, really, like, floaty and bad. Yeah. Uh, Characters with arms built like a Helsing character. Reminds me of Ukulele. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, They're charging $60 for that game. That's right. That's a full-priced video game. Part of a problem. Um, or one out for the ninety-five peak players on Steam <laughs> who don't even have a physical edition that they can flip later on some sucker collector. Oh, uh, please! It, it was nine hundred and fifty at its peak, which oh, is still I'm very sorry. bad. <laughs> I missed an O on that, so it looked worse than it actually was. Fucking sue oh, me. No. Well, the thing is, though, in Japan, it only sold like two thousand copies. Uh, Hell which... yeah! Boo boy. <laughs> <laughs> so Yuji Naka uh, had left Sega, formed his own company, didn't do really anything of note there, and then went to Probe? Square. Whatever. Went to Square Enix. Greg Propes, Ben Quadraneros. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he um went to Square Enix. And this was supposedly his last shot, like his last chance at making a It was a his final game. fantasy. That's why they called it that. <laughs> it was his Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> um and so yeah, it's, let's see. Uh sales number a new report from PlayStation Lifestyle shows the game didn't even crack the top thirty of the Nintendo Switch eShop charts in North America. Oh god, how embarrassing does your game have to be to not even break the top 30 on the Nintendo Switch eShop? I know. The story in Japan, just as dire, title only moved about 2,100 units over in that market. Um, (laughs) The United Kingdom sales charts offered the most dismal picture as it didn't get into the top 40 titles. And there are multiple games that have been on that for more than 100 weeks. (laughs) Um, So... Sorry to Yuji when Naka. You, when you showed me the picture of like the Steam chart for it, like the concurrent players and everything, yeah, I'm I'm not making this up. I'm not being hyperbolic. I was taking a sip of coffee at the time and started choking on it because I began <laughs> to laugh. Yeah, so I had to just like get up and walk around, just sputtering spit and coffee out of my mouth, <laughs> trying not to die mm-hmm. because the news about Balan Wonderland was too damn Wonder funny World. to me. What? Well, see. That's why his game didn't sell good. Your balance a wonder world. Yeah. You're not going to um, sell any copies of your game if no one knows what the fuck it's called. Eugene. Also, nobody knew it existed. I, I only saw it or knew of its existence because before the Xbox Series X came out, there was like some event where they had invited people over to play it. And so it was like new Xbox Series X footage, yeah. Balan Wonderworld. And I looked at it as like, this looks terrible. Like, why would anybody go to an event to play this? 
Because it just looked I... like an early 360 game or something. I knew about it. Like, I had seen pictures of that main character. It's it's Knight's facsimile. Uh, I've seen the logo, and I've I've kind of just seen it floating out there, but I never actually saw, like, gameplay footage of it proper until a couple days ago uh, when I think it was My Life in Gaming was doing a stream of it. And, yeah, it looks rough. It just looks like a budget 3D platformer, which is kind of like what i thought it was to begin with was that this would just be like kind of a small budget game that square was putting i feel like square was putting out i feel like if they put this on the eShop or psn for 20 to 30 dollars it probably would have done okay yeah i am kind of considering getting a physical copy of it if it drops to that price because i do wonder if it is a thing where a few years from now it just being such a low print run if there are weirdos out there who will pay real money for it I mean, like I, I kind of get the feeling that maybe there's going to be a very small subset of people who enjoy video games, enjoy platformers specifically, who are going to like hold this thing up as a cult classic. I wonder, I actually haven't looked to see what prices are like for Rodeo the Sky Soldier, which was the last Ooh. Yuji Naka joint, the one where he was like, yeah. hey, don't play the Wii U version. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it's probably a similar case to that. Uh, so yeah, like, I mean, I... like look at prices for Devil's Third. That game's garbage, but there aren't that many of them out there, so it's expensive. I would not mind picking this game up to play if it were like maybe fifteen bucks. It seems like it'd be like an okayish thing to just play over a weekend and then yeah. kind of forget about. Like, but sixty dollars. I mean, for I like that is I like entirely 3D, too much like, money. Character platformer things like that. Yeah, yeah. I, although, I... do you like? 3D character platformers, though, where, like, in the center of every level is a giant anime kid who has unblinking no. dead eyes and just stares at you? No, I do not. Well, then you're not going to like Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunate for me, I suppose. <laughs> yes. We should really take a pause and think about how unfortunate this is for Larry, who's coming well, up the real loser real in this bummer. situation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm... Moment of silence. Genuinely upset for Yuji Naka. Yeah. Because, like, the dude just can't catch a fucking break. He keeps trying, and it just keeps going so horribly for him ever since he left Sega. Other things were going great, like, at the tail say, end of his tenure. He's like, he was working he on Sonic 06. Yeah. Yeah. That's the note he went out on. But, yeah, like, Rodeo not doing great. And then this kind of like last attempt ending in like absolute disaster. Best of luck to Yuji Naka. Probably just going to end up becoming like a consultant or something, I would assume. He's going to like start another new company and then do a Kickstarter for his next game. It's going to be like Mighty Number Nine all over again. Yeah, probably. Be like, hey, look at this thing. It's it's kind of like Sonic. Remember when I did the Sonics? Yeah, exactly. Please give me your money. He the... wouldn't actually do that though, because again, this is very much a Nights into Dreams esque thing, like at least aesthetically. And I think that Yuji Naka is kind of married to the Nights into Dreams thing. I think that's the thing he cares about. Which is too it's bad. It's not Sonic, but it's Nights. Um, what a weird. I thing like the to... way Nights into Dreams. Mm. I like the way Nights into Dreams looks. I like the soundtrack to it. I just don't like the yes. part where I have to play the game. Soundtrack's good. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the game part, bad. Horrible. Uh, 
It was like the precursor to the Chow Garden too. Yeah, it had the A life. Just system. one more Not sin to add to the... its pile. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't even know that thing existed until it was pointed out to me after the fact that like if you knock enemies into those little weird like cherubs that they would like take on characteristics of them because mm. like th- you don't spend more than like a couple minutes in a level inside nights why the fuck would i think that there was some sort of like ai system in there <laughs> yeah it just seems completely superfluous like it adds nothing to the experience i don't know what kind of weirdo would dedicate their time to messing around with that but i'm sure they exist speaking of things that People add nothing to the experience Bowland wonderland for god's sakes uh uh-huh. new, new playstation update coming soon <sighs> Larry, what if they let me finally organize my library? I thought you were going to start with something they, that isn't in there, so I could be like, nope. Oh, well, that would just be everything else. <laughs> Pretty much. No <laughs> M2 support. Uh, no mention of fixes for the rest mode issues. I don't know if those ever got fixed or not. Probably not. Um, I guess my disk drive is just going to continue to be loud as hell, unnecessarily yeah. checking that something's in there every hour on the hour. Uh-huh, sure. It's very cool. Um, but yes, tomorrow, as of this recording, so yesterday, by the time this comes out, um, let me, I'm looking at the PlayStation blog here, which loves to just go back to the top of the page every time I try to scroll down, so bear with me. Um, the biggest thing... Doesn't seem to be doing it for, oh, there it goes. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) I thought that I was going to be able to read this out, and then it whipped right back up as soon as I opened my mouth. So what I did was I, like, went on the scroll bar to the right and went, like, halfway down the page until it finally stopped going back to the top. Anyway, I don't know what caused that. The biggest thing Uh, here... It's made by PlayStation. That's what causes that. (laughs) The biggest thing here, for me, is, yes, you can uh, hide games in your library... Uh, instead of just switching it back to the way the PlayStation 4 one worked, uh, this means I will have to manually hide every game that I played on a disc that I'm not going to play again. Well, at least I can get rid of them, so that's good. I don't need to see yeah. Agents of Mayhem in my library every time I go to it. I just um, I wonder if it will actually let me save now the way that that list was organized. Ha, 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 ha. Maybe. I don't know. I really want it to. I know that you don't organize your games the same way I do, but I like them in alphabetical order. Yeah, on I know. PlayStation. It, it should Just like save me... the way that you said it. Yeah, it should. The PlayStation Five should do a lot of things that it decidedly <laughs> does not do, and that is one of them. But yeah. like that is one that especially gets me like scratching my head because I don't know how hard it is for them to just have a feature where it fucking saves it. Yep. Christ. Well, how about new trophy settings and stats screen? Uh, okay. There is one good thing about this, which is that you can uh, set like it when you want it to take a screenshot. Uh, if you only want for like gold or platinum, which is oh, good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, introducing a new player trophy stat screen. You can check out summary of your trophy level and stats at a glance. Whatever. Yeah. Won't they fix the thing where like? There's no easy way to just go back to the home screen. Like oh God! On yeah. PS4, uh, PS4, when you could just hold down the PS button and head back there, and then hold it again to go back to the game. Why isn't that yeah. in there? Or even just like a double tap or something, just yeah. some way to let me get back there quickly and get get out of it quickly. Actually, yeah, I guess that's what it was. It was hold to get back to the main menu and then double tap to get back. Whatever. Yeah. Um. 
oh yeah, you can now finally store PS5 games on an external USB drive. What if finally. I could store them on an M2 drive, though, Larry? No, not allowed. Ah, uh, come on. Unacceptable. But they got that port and everything. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's a little bay you that have port, to rip the con- yeah. console apart to get at. Um, that port that will absolutely be there when they introduce the next model of the uh-huh. PlayStation 5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. But, uh, yes, so that's good at least. There's something. Yeah. So, this has in general, though, been like a. Larry, what the fuck's up with Sony? Uh, the PlayStation 4 like, was a huge success a... and then they stopped trying. Oh, okay, that's it. Do you remember the PlayStation like 3? The... I do. Well, it's you'll that again. not be able to buy games off the PlayStation 3 soon enough. Yeah. Uh, because the PlayStation 5 is the new PlayStation 3. Because it seems like they really just want to do the PlayStation 3 thing again with this. Um, we have already talked a bit about how the shops are going down for the PlayStation 3, the Vita, um, and how that is horrible, bad, no good for games preservation. I don't think we mentioned the Jim Ryan, like, who wants to play this old bullshit thing? Yeah, we did. We did? Okay. Yeah. Well, again, just that that stance. Uh, so I know that someone tested it recently, removing the CMOS from the PlayStation 4 and then reconnecting it while disconnected from the internet, just to prove it does, in fact, make it so you can't even launch a game off of a disc. Pretty uh, cool. It needs to update the date. So that's great. And the reason I bring this up is because under no circumstance should you do the thing that I did and start reading through to replies in Twitter threads when it has anything to do with video games. Yeah, it's a mess. So make you want to put a gun in your mouth. Um, a lot of people trying to defend Sony on this. Yeah. Like mostly like console wars freaks. A lot of them out there, like John Lindemann had posted some stuff about this, and there were a lot of people going like, "People, Xbox fans will use these words against Sony fans." It's like maybe so, they should, yeah. though. Actually, like maybe Sony should get fucking dragged for a lot of this shit because it's actively anti-consumer, and the only way that you're going to fix them being anti-consumer is by holding them to account on it. It's very much what John Lennon was trying to do. Um, But there was one good reply I saw that was just like, well, you guys are bringing out stuff like servers going offline and batteries going dead as if that stuff will actually happen. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. And it's like, Uh, what do you think a battery does? (laughs) Yeah. Servers go down for consoles all the time. This has been a thing ever since consoles became like intrinsically linked to the internet. We we've seen like Xbox discontinue, discontinue service, mm-hmm. Sony's discontinuing service. There's no way that the PlayStation 4 maintains a server connection like beyond maybe the PlayStation 6 coming out. They will absolutely disconnect that thing at some point in the next few years. Uh... And batteries die. Yeah. I mean, like, how long realistically do you think that they're going to maintain the servers for the PlayStation 4? Like, once they start getting enough PlayStation 5s into homes. Well, I think they're basically the same thing is the issue there. 
Like, I don't yeah. know that they would really be that separate. I, I think probably, like, near the end of the PlayStation 6 lifespan would be when they finally pull the plug. Because, like, I the original Xbox... Start. Eh, maybe. I don't know. I don't... I don't think it would be that soon, actually. Um, just because of I mean, the I'm insane kind of lifespan that. these things have had. Like, look how long yeah. it took before they finally shut down original Xbox servers and like PS2 stuff. But I'm kind of based on that timetable off the timetable we're seeing with the PlayStation 3, where it's like, okay, it, it persisted through the entire following generation, but now at the start of the one after that, it's getting turned off. Yeah, but again, that's like, what I'm I think saying. they would like, keep it up for the the full generation, and then after that, they would disconnect. I understand, but that's what I'm saying. Like, 4 and 5 are basically the same thing. Yeah, and, and like, I get it. Like, the as far as backwards compatibility goes, I think you can at least trust that, like, for the time being, if you don't have access to a PlayStation 4, you're going to be able to enjoy pretty much anything that was on that console on a PlayStation 5. Yeah. That's fine. I'm less concerned i guess about the playstation 4 even though i still think it's a problem there's still going to be games that are absolutely going to get lost to time if you shut that service down and let batteries die out um i'm more concerned about playstation 3 of course because very little of that is going to carry over into new consoles because of the bizarre way that games had to get coded on that thing it makes them a pain in the ass to port over to begin with Uh um even very big games we brought up before metal gear solid 4 is one that they refuse to yeah it, it's still locked up on that console um and very well could always be who knows uh pain you're not gonna be able to play pain anymore for some reason like I thought, I thought you were just saying like pain i was just imagining the picture <laughs> of don Cheadle and pain oh no i'm just talking about andy dick oh yeah <laughs> um but yeah, like it, it just Dragon Guard Three. It is Anarchy Reigns. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff that's going to die with that, I guess, and it, it's a it's upsetting. I care a lot about games preservation, which evidently wow, Sony really? does not. And and yeah, you never would have guessed it. Up. Listening to me talk, <laughs> just in general talk, um, but. Like I, the thing that is especially upsetting to me about this is, yeah, I think you can at least count for the time being that PlayStation 4 games, you're going to be able to enjoy those on a PlayStation 5. However, Sony has made like no bones about them not caring at all about preservation, about backwards compatibility. For all we know, the PlayStation 5 could end up in a PlayStation 3 sort of situation where a few years into the lifespan of the console, they decide to remove PlayStation 4 backwards compatibility. I think it's doubtful in this case mm, because of nah. how close like the system structure is between those two things. Yeah, I mean, the thing here is that it's just like, it's software-based. It's not like they would be pulling the guts of the PS4 out of it like they did with the PS3. Yeah, but also it's... Like, that was all a cost-cutting with... measure, which I don't yeah. know if they would have any actual benefit to removing that functionality. Yeah. The actual concern for me, like the thing that does really worry me is we don't know what the PlayStation 6 will end up being if they change it enough that it's just not feasible to have PlayStation 4 games running on it. And so that stuff's not backwards compatible. Their next console could come out and have no backwards compatibility whatsoever. Yeah, good. Frankly. Like the 4. So like, yeah. So 
I just don't trust them like that. Like even the PlayStation Four eventually getting shut off completely. I just don't trust that those games will continue to carry over past this generation. They could, they very well could not. So this is all bad. I hate all of it. I don't know what the fuck Sony is doing. Well, you need to get into East while you can then. Oh, Otherwise, you're going to be yeah. stuck playing the Switch versions. This news Nobody is turning me that. into a monstrum. <laughs> the monstrum <laughs> knocks, in fact. That's right. I'm getting Rem- monstrumfied. Remember uh, in Too Fast, Too Furious where they turn on the monstrum knocks? <laughs> Yeah, I just, a lot of people are pissed off at Sony in this last week, and like, I, I get it. It seems like pretty much every single thing they do is stepping at it in some way. I know people are mad about the Last of Us thing more than I am, and definitely more than you are, but like, this backwards compatibility thing is still like at the forefront of a lot of people's minds, as it should be. Um, also, hey, they ain't got no games on that fucking console. Deathloop got pushed back into like the end of the year. Which is great Zero sugar monstrum energy drink Ooh, that sounds good Uh, okay Um, so that that is something we should probably bring up As Deathloop got delayed Yeah, they did a cyberpunk image Sorry to all the fans of Deathloop It's not coming out anytime mm-hmm. soon Um, No games are coming out We've got Ratchet and Clank I think that'll probably hit its date And Resident Evil That's it That's it for the rest of the year Resident Evil should hit its date It's close enough at this point Returnal said anything Yeah When's Returnal coming out? Like this month End of this month So there So um, I'm still on the PlayStation blog page And I have like no script set So that nothing is getting blocked on here and there's a latest news column to the right and I see Returnal on there like just a little bit of it and I can't scroll down on the column it won't it won't <laughs> let me it's not moving at all but the rest of the page is oh that's cool terrible <laughs> you got no script on that's the thing it needs a script to scroll scroll script no that's what I said it's I I oh all the scripts aren't blocked oh. like everything's it's just the blog, man. Hey, here's the it's thing. just how it runs. Here, here's something. Yeah. You want to just uh-huh. go through a list of upcoming games? Yeah, for this year. Let's do this. Yeah, because sure. I I've got my GameFly queue up, and so I have everything in here that I am somewhat interested in. There was a point earlier on in the year where I actually had like real anxiety about the amount of games coming out because I was like, oh, that's a lot of money. Like, I need to pick up extra hours at work to be able to get everything, mm-hmm. and. uh now it's easy living, man. <laughs> I'm flush with cash. Yeah. So uh I got I got the kind of money to do something real stupid and buy Ball and Wonderworld <laughs> is what I'm saying. I mean I'm here looking at Marvel Legends figures and thinking this Modoc's pretty nice. <laughs> there are no games coming out this year, so yeah. yeah I saw that I saw that TN figure arts and was kinda like I don't really need two TN <laughs> figures, but this one comes with a Chaozu. <laughs> yeah, that's how you say both it's, those names, by the way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, look, I'm not. I don't have money all caught up with Death Loop anymore, so I got like what seventy bucks burning a hole in my pocket. Oh sure. I actually uh, like I I might have bought a record player is what I did with that money. So <laughs> I was fine. I sucked. wanted to. 
Uh, yeah, and then I returned it and I bought a new one, which is actually like fine. Okay, it could what's be a new better, one you got? But for uh, it's a Jensen. Oh, Adam Jensen. Because I never asked for yeah, this. I, exactly. I saw it. It was like, all right. It reminds me of Deus Ex. So I'll drop fifty dollars on this record player. I just really wanted to listen to my Oingo Boingo EP. Uh-huh. I was finally able to do that. It's great. I've had oh. that thing for over 10 years now, and I've never once been able to see if it actually even works. Cool. Uh, yeah. So here are the games I have on my queue on Gamefly. So there might be something missing here, but I think it's pretty much everything that I would be interested in. Uh, 10 days from now, near Replicant version 1.22474487139. I would be more interested in that if I played Automata, which I'm still waiting for it to Automata. hit 14 bucks again. And it <laughs> well, just, it doesn't matter. Whoa. This is a prequel, though. Like I know. So I don't really want to add Automata. Um, not really a prequel. It's just the one that comes first. Yeah, it's, but it's the, like saying, "Well, I will one play near until I play Dragon Guard," and Dylan's getting <laughs> into right. that path now, which is a mistake. Um, oh no! But week after that, Returnal, uh, April thirtieth. Mm. Week after that, this is May, which was previously pretty stacked. Now less without Deathloop, but still kind of actually because uh, May seventh, Resident Evil Village. Hell uh, yeah! May fourteenth. I know you don't care about this, but Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Yeah. Um, yeah. May 25th The Legendary Edition is at all three of the games Or yeah. is it just the first one? No, okay. it's all of them uh, I'm a little more interested in it at that point Just as far as like having a newer copy of 2 Yeah uh, May 25th, Biomutant is finally coming Ooh. out It's been like, it was announced like 8 years ago or something I didn't know that was actually coming out Yeah like, let alone next month. I didn't think that they had actually announced any kind of a release window for that thing yeah, yet. That's what it says. It's close enough, I would guess. That's well, probably accurate. Maybe that's where my Deathloop money ends up going. Uh, also May 25th, Kaze and the Wild Masks, which looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Also May 25th, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster. <sighs> What if uh, they charge Ball and Wonderworld money for a <laughs> remaster of Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne? Well, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne's a whole lot better than Ball and Wonderworld, so. True. Also, I'm not going to lie, still been thinking about paying full price for it. Yeah, me too. I should not. I should not stand for that kind of bullshit, but it's Nocturne, and I want it. Uh, then a couple of weeks off, but uh, June 11th, Guilty Gear Strive and Ratchet Ooh. and Clank Rift Apart. Congratulations to Guilty Gear Strive for winning uh, 2021's Best Looking Game of the Year. That's right. Well, Gizmo. Ratchet and Clank might take it. Um, sure. That's actually not to get too far off of this, but I have that uh, that Ratchet and Clank all queued up to download, and I'm going to try to play it the month before that new one comes out, because I've never played a Ratchet and Clank before. Oh. And I figure that's probably a very good place to start, because it's just a remake of the first game. Yeah. So. Um, July 27th, after that, is uh, Samurai Warriors 5. Get hype. No. <laughs> okay. August 27th, No More Heroes 3. Come on. I mean, I, I want to believe it's coming <laughs> out in August. Yeah. 
but until I actually see it up on a shelf, I'm not sure that I'll actually convince myself that it exists. Yeah. Also, also like, Travis Strikes Again to... was just so bad that it's it shaking was... my faith in 3. Yeah, it it's got me a little bit worried about the quality of 3, and then also just, again, it's on the Nintendo Switch, which is not the way I want to play that game at all. Well, again, these are on my Gamefly list, so... It has me really worried about how well it will run in particular. Probably not good, I would guess. But no! Because, like, the originals did not run... Originals, 1 and 2 did not run that well either on the Wii, actually, so... But for me, it's a matter of, okay, does it run poorly, but I can still sit down and play this thing? Or is it like, oh no, they deadly premonition tood this mm, I bet still video game that I care about? Uh, then October 12th for now This is another one that was delayed Back for Blood Which I'm looking forward to uh, Got hankering for that Left 4 Dead flavor uh, And then like Unknown status currently Is Far Cry 6 That could drop yeah. anywhere But yeah, probably like October, November I would guess I would assume, yeah. Could be early next year, <laughs> who knows Remember when they said that was coming out in like February? And yeah. nobody believed that yeah. for a second. Um, But, like, then the last two entries are Elden Ring, which, good luck with that. <laughs> and, that doesn't uh, exist. Come on. It's not a real video game. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, even less of a real video game. So Hell yeah. Also, with all that stuff that happened, if it comes out, I'm, like, speaking about being worried about the quality of a video game. Oh, hey. New Pokemon snaps at the end of this month Okay There's also a new Mario Golf apparently I did not even know that Congratulations to Nintendo for having Three releases this year A Mario Golf A Pokemon Snap and a fucking No More Heroes game There's never been a better Time to buy a Switch They're putting out a new Switch Lite So if you wanted to play it purely as a handhold uh, This time it's blue so <sighs> that's cool. I really need to sell mine. The only thing stopping me from selling mine again is there's no more heroes game coming out. It's like the only reason I want to bother owning one. Otherwise I would just be like shooting this thing into the sun. Yeah, there's enough stuff on it that I would want to keep mine. And put it on uh, one of Elon Musk's rocket ships so it can just get incinerated. Okay. Send it to the moon. Um, Shut up. Oh. Yeah, there's, like, not... Out of that list, not a whole lot coming out by the end of the year that I'm, like, really excited to get my hands on. Like, there's some good stuff on there. Yeah, it's all stretched out. That's kind of the main thing. Like, except for May, which is pretty stacked up. The rest of it's, eh... Like one a month But like, that's the thing is I know early on in console, console launches Typically like the first few months Is fairly Sparse But like it generally by this point Starts to pick up Yeah well you know there could be unannounced Stuff for the end of the year at E3 Something like that yeah. Not from yeah. Sony for one thing Which no. you also did not mention that I don't think I don't think I heard about that They don't go to E3 no, of course not They haven't been at E3 <laughs> in like the last three years Yeah, that makes sense but yeah, E3, I did not like, notice that as part of the Going all digital, like... I don't think we mentioned yeah. 
No, we did. We talked uh, about that because we talked about so. how they were thinking about putting oh, up a paywall. Oh yeah, yeah, and the Konami yeah, thing. And yeah, but yeah. Uh, in all of that, I guess I got a little too focused on the Konami thing and how it's going digital, and I did not notice that Sony's just not bothering with it at all. Yeah, like I know not. that their relationship to E3 has become like less and less of a thing so that that makes sense that they're just not going to do anything for it but yeah i'm curious what kind of stuff might get announced that's planned for the end of the year but the way that a lot of like video game delays have been in recent memory like how much of the games that are going to get announced for the end of 2021 or even going to hit the end of the end of this year who knows hey a uh, quick question want to guess what the uh, metacritic number is for battle and wonder world uh, let's say 40. Which, uh, which console are you talking about here? Oh, um, that then makes me think, like, how well did it sell between each console that it would <laughs> have know. numbers getting reported? Uh, like, Switch. Well, I'm saying Metacritic, not the sales numbers. Yeah, but even then, like, how, like, realistically are, is it getting reviewed on, like, what console? Oh, okay. Like, how much are they even giving enough of a shit about it to even, like, pop a review up? I see. Let alone pop a number of reviews up for one console over another. Well, I will tell you, the um, PS5 version has the highest score at 50. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and the lowest is the Nintendo Switch at 33. Okay. I was closer to the Switch, though. Yikes. Good times. I mean, when I you consider... it runs like ass on the Switch, Probably. actually, is the I... thing. Well, when you consider, though, that, like, because of the way Metacritic works, like, assigning scores to, like, a lot of them will be, like, like uh, five stars, so the lowest it could possibly get would be a 20. Uh, yeah. Something getting down to 33 is pretty bad. Most Are stuff under 60... Metacritic is a scam? I mean, yeah, it is. Is unreliable in how it represents numbers for games? Yes, it is what next thing you'll be telling really. me is that they probably shouldn't like tie the livelihood of studios off of their metacritic score larry nintendo life gave it a three out of ten. Oh, nintendo life seems like one of those magazines that would give everything a good score because they're just desperate yeah. for something to play like yes. nintendo force that's unfortunate well, yeah, I've still been playing video games, Larry. We wish Yuji Naka the best, as we do all game developers. Yes, we're gonna have to start a weekly Yuji Naka suicide watch segment on the podcast. It'll oh, no. be in very poor taste. Yeah, you've been. I've been playing more Odd World. Congrats. Yep. Uh huh. You should congratulate me anytime I make it a little bit further in that game, because Christ, hard. I think. In some places, it feels hard in a way that it feels, like, ill-conceived. That uh, boss on the train sucks. I haven't gotten to that. Uh, the last part oh, I played, God. actually, was a bit in a cave, and there were some Mudokins I needed to save, and a couple of slogs, and there were there was, like, a bit with uh, these doors where you had to step on switches, and it seemed like sometimes I'd step on a switch, I would keep the door open, and I'd have to have, like, a Madokan stand on it. And sometimes yes. the door would just close, even though they were still on I, it. I don't know what's going on in that part. I did have a really good bit in one level where, so it's like you said, these doors that open and close, they kind of shoot down from the ceiling yeah. uh, when they close. So it's kind of like a shutter thing that they do. 
Uh, and I had a bunch of Madokans falling behind me, and there was a lever. And so I was like, well, I probably need to pull this. So I yanked <laughs> the lever. And then the door came down and just smashed, like, five Madokans that were yeah. stacked on top of each other. I mean, that's just classic God World. That's the good stuff. <laughs> well, so I, I screamed... And then, like, opened it back up, and more Madokans came over, and then I panicked, and I flipped the lever again, and I smashed more of them. Abe out here, just I like just... Charlie Kelly yelling, let's smash Madokans! <laughs> so I had to restart the checkpoint on that, but, like, that's the stuff about Oddworld that I love, is accidentally yeah. killing a group of Madokans in some complete dumbass way. Uh, but yeah, so if you... I'm now further than you in the game, apparently. Yeah, because uh, I spent on, on the... the whole week playing a different game. I'm telling Lauren Lanning on you. Well, that's fine. You'll uh, understand. The, I'm not going to play train... any more of the other game, that's for sure. The train level is... Uh... <sighs> for the most part, it's pretty straightforward, and it's kind of easy. And it is a pretty brisk level, mercifully, because again, like most levels in this game take like over an hour to beat, which is entirely too much. Uh, but when you get to the end of it, there's basically this gigantic, like three story tall turret that when it catches you in its crosshairs, it shoots out three missiles. And then there's a bunch of platforms that have like explosive boxes all over them. And so what you need to do is dodge the missiles get close enough to the turret that you can throw some brew on the ground and make a line of brew going from a spark all the way to some gas tanks that are behind the turret. The problem with this is so much of the geometry blows up and catches on fire, and you have to deal with that while also dealing with this thing constantly shooting at you and Abe's movements in general being sluggish and imprecise. And then you have to make sure you line that trail up so it mostly just devolves into you, like, in a panic, just aiming wherever and constantly throwing brew and just hoping it's going to land the way that it needs to because you need to focus on those rockets coming at you because, like, one or two of them is going to kill you and you will have to repeat the whole process over again. And it's a tedious process because it starts you a fair ways back. And, like, the first little haul that you go through on this fight it doesn't even have the decency to like have those missiles destroy all the boxes so you can quickly get back over to the boss. You have to do the real slow animation of Abe smashing boxes. And you have to do this through the whole fucking hallway. And it takes... It's so tedious. And for whatever reason, they didn't program it so when the missiles even go down this hallway, that they'll even damage Abe. So you can just stand there in the middle of it and Abe will just like take rockets to the chest and be totally fine. But then when you get out of that hallway, then they'll start damaging him. Cool. It's it's just it's so poorly designed. <laughs> I look forward to getting and, to this part and like beating it in one try. <laughs> possibly. Like, what was but, the problem with this? Like your whole thing with that bit early on where you have to save all the Madokans and you're like, oh, I didn't know you could aim. That makes this a lot yeah. easier. <laughs> Well, so then the level after that, you have to do that thing again, except there's three consecutive stories of it. And okay. this time there's, like, way more sligs coming out of there, and, like, you can't possess any of them. So you have to use these cans that when you bean them in the head with them, it will automatically knock them out. But yeah. then you really need to get over there and tie them up, because if they wake back up, they'll start murdering immediately. And so, like, that Just was like a pain me. in the ass. Yeah, that was a pain in the ass, too, because it those guys at least spawned in a set pattern. 
So it really just became about like, okay, I need to learn the pattern that they come out and then just reload the checkpoint and, and do it in one seamless run to cut down on the amount of Madokans that are getting killed. But part of the problem with that area is they don't have any, like, you can't heal between any of them. So I got to a point where I just had, like, a little, little sliver of health by the time I got to the second screen. And so, like, just one bullet would kill me. So I had to be absolutely perfect. Otherwise, you... I would just die and have to restart it anyway. When you reload a checkpoint, you get full health again. Not in this part of the game. Uh... Every time I would load, I just had, like, no health. It might be, like, a glitch or something. Maybe. Because I've been, like, glitching out in other parts of the game. Like, I've had a lot of times where, like... If I'm jumping and I get hit by something, Abe will hit the ground stuck in like the jumping pose and it'll just like vibrate rapidly and you can't break out of it. You have to restart the checkpoint. Yes, I have heard about that. Like apparently the previous version of that bug would wipe save data and that was one of the things the day one patch fixed. Well, thank God I waited <laughs> until after getting the game patched to play because that has happened like a startling amount of times for me. Like oh, it's a pretty regular happen. thing to get caught in that animation. So I'm just like my advice to you, though, with that train boss fight and anyone else who hasn't gotten to it and wants to play the game, because I've heard a lot of other people complain about the, that boss fight in particular. Um, just don't overthink it, like just get to the platforms closest to the boss and just start whipping brew. Don't even really pay attention to where it's going. Just focus on dodging the rockets and things will kind of just work out for you. I had the most success of doing that. Uh, but if I was trying to really line up my shots and trying to like bounce my attention between those two things, I just kept eating shit. So, okay. But uh, <laughs> there was a real good part with that though, where the game glitched again. I know that I had tripped the checkpoint after the boss, and that I ran back to get the Madokans, and I saw that there was a little hidden area I could go down, and so I was like. I got the checkpoint, I'm fine. I, you know, I'd have to run back a ways, but I can go down and check this thing out. I died, and then instead of starting me at the checkpoint after the boss, it started me at the checkpoint before the boss. So I had to do the whole boss fight over again. Cool. So, I wish you could activate checkpoints again after you've activated them once, because there will be some areas like you go in, activate one, go up to another area, come back down, and you should be able to trip it yes. again to save your progress at that point. It's kind of weird because like, some... like the old Odd World games had quick save in them. Like you could do that yeah. at any time. It's just kind of weird that's not in there anymore. There are some really weirdly laid out checkpoints too, like checkpoints that are just a few feet from another checkpoint with yeah. nothing of any importance in between them. Like Dark Souls 3. Yes. It's just here's two checkpoints, you know, in case you want them, I guess. Yeah, sure. It's, there's just some bizarre design choices in that game, and I've been running into a lot of bugs. Um, but I kind of... My main complaint about the game just itself, the way it's designed, is it really does feel like Abe is not entirely responsive. Like, it's maybe more of a um, an animation thing, I guess. But, like, in particular, when you want to, like, kind of climb down from a ledge, Abe will do this backup thing, and it almost looks... The way that animation is... Like I goofed and I hit the analog stick too far to the left and left or right and not actually hitting down. Okay. Have you noticed that or no? Okay. Well, it's been throwing me off and fucking with my timing in a lot of cases. <laughs> like when there's a slig underneath me and I need to kind of get down and sneak past him. 
But like, it's just stuff like that where sometimes it feels like Abe doesn't do the thing I wanted to do. There's a lot of times where I hit that trigger to throw an item and Abe just doesn't do it. And I don't uh, know why. I don't know either. But, Honestly, considering some of my experiences so far and other things I've heard, it would not surprise me if there are issues with your PlayStation controller. Um, yeah, maybe. Because I still think like my D-pad is probably busted. Yeah, it's entirely possible that maybe there's some kind of issue and I'm putting it on the game when it should be put on the controller. I've not really played anything else on the PlayStation 5, so, you know, like at all, just haven't. <laughs> this yeah, is the first either. game I've played. Um, now, I haven't like, played anything else to really compare it off of, but uh, it was working fine before this, at least. So, Yeah. Man. Well, uh, I have been playing more of Outriders. The hottest oh. new jam from People Can Fly. Um, so this is the game you're not playing anymore. <laughs> well, so I'm going to check back in once uh, they make it so you can actually play with other people. Because here's the thing. I found the game a lot more enjoyable than I did when it started once I figured out how the mod system worked. Um, so I am playing Technomancer. Which has like turrets and their whole thing. It's you've got like poison damage, um, but basically how it works is, you'll have mods for weapons and mods for your armor. Once you deconstruct a weapon or an armor piece with that mod, then you can put it in anything else. And it costs like some amount of resources, but it's really cheap, so it's negligible. Um, but there are ways that you can put your mods in to sort of synergize with your abilities that are straight up broken. Uh, for example, one of my abilities, called Blighted Rounds, ma makes it so all of my bullets are super-powered with uh, toxic damage. It will also spread toxin to nearby targets. Uh, and then a lot of the uh, sort of talents in your class tree would be like, does more damage towards enemies afflicted with toxic. So, you, there's also a... The, the mods for armor affect your skills. The mods for weapons are just like, they affect how the weapon works. Like, it up, makes it so bullets would apply effects or things like that. But there is an armor mod, which makes it so while Blighted Rounds is active, getting a kill with it restores 30% of your magazine. Now, because it's based on a percentage, not a flat amount, that means just use light machine guns with 100 round mags and you will never have to reload. Ever. Which mm. is pretty cool. Yeah. And, th and that ability lasts until you reload, so you can just <laughs> activate it at the beginning of a combat round and then you're good for the rest of it. So there are things like that you can do that are actually interesting. It kind of reminds me of like potion crafting in Morrowind or things like that, the junction system, things that you can just totally oh, no. break. Well, th now that now you sold me off of it, <laughs> you had to bring up <laughs> the fucking quite. junction system. Um, but yeah, and once I sort of figured that stuff out, I had a lot more fun with it. However... The issue is there's one specific enemy type. This is basically the equivalent of the Marauders from Doom Eternal in that it makes the entire game not fun to play. I'm, for one thing, I've not played with any other people this entire time because I cannot get matchmaking to work. 
Um, you can't do anything while it's trying to find another person, for one thing. You can't even like look at your inventory or it will cancel matchmaking, which is very cool. Um, but whenever... There were like two occasions where it would find somebody and try to put me in a game with them and then it would just crash the entire game. So uh, after that I didn't bother anymore. But I'm on world tier 9, I think, 9 or 10. Which is, mm. the world tier is your difficulty. You can lower it if you want, but basically killing more enemies raises it gradually. It's sort of like an experience bar. And as it goes up, you will get better loot, uh, but enemies are higher level. Usually doesn't really matter. Uh, like, when it first goes up, it'll be a little bit harder, but then you'll get better loot, so Kev evens out anyway. But... Uh, I haven't really been having any issues except for occasionally uh, these sniper enemies. Now the problem, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. You you could try to engage with this a little bit. I well, I'm pulling something up about marauders. <laughs> marauders. Yeah, you brought up marauders from Doom. Oh it right. Reminded me that I need to check on something because I think that they like nerfed them. Maybe. Like there was some sort of patch I want to say where they made them a lot easier because they understood that people were having some issues with the marauders. They're just so annoying. Uh, speaking yeah. of annoying, <laughs> so there are these sniper enemies that will have a laser sight on you, and if you pop mm -hmm. up for like a tenth of a second, they will immediately shoot you. And they That's have why you gotta get on the ground and then you roll between the cover. It doesn't matter; they'll still shoot you even when you're rolling because there are no iframes when you're rolling. Um, oh, well, I mean, like, have they made you have to get, like, any Madokans past the cover yet? Not yet. Only what a matter of time. What are What game is this? Outriders. So, oh. um, and then also when they shoot you, it, like, knocks you back a few feet and out of cover, uh, which is really oh, that's cool. that's fun. Yeah. Um, and then, here's the best part, by the way. Uh, they'll just have, like, two or three of them in an area, and they'll just alternate aiming at you. And this is a case where obviously you're supposed to be playing with another person where they can also aim at them and you could sort of take turns. Uh, but nope. Well, that's uh, not allowed. No. Uh, and then, if you thought that wasn't bad enough, now I'm at the part where there are spotters, which are the same enemy, except they can also call down mortar strikes on you whenever they want. <laughs> so I got to this area where it's like... Um, it's in a quarry and I go to the side area and I go in immediately. There are like two spotters. They're just alternating aiming at me. So I can't go anywhere. They summon uh mortar strikes on me. I have like five sure guys with axes running at me. Yeah. Pretty sure. Okay. Okay. Never mind. The accent's definitely different. Yeah. This just, it is giving me like PTSD to the, like the mortar level yeah, of the odd world that we were. Yeah. Um, it's very similar. Um, to be fair, still the lowest point in that game so far. Yeah, like all the other stuff I had issues with, still not as bad as that level. Yeah, which I get to replay because I missed the one Madokan in it. <laughs> yep, because you weren't fast enough getting to the door that is virtually off screen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm not playing that again until uh, the matchmaking stuff is fixed. Which apparently I think there's a patch coming out for that this week, um, mm. which should fix that. And then I'll probably play more of it, but until then, no thanks. But overall, I like the combat in Outriders. I think it's a pretty good game at its core. It's just um, 
not balanced properly for single players Also I would say Well part of it is one of the classes you can pick Oddly enough the like shotgun class Is the best to deal with the snipers Because he has a teleport So you could actually like teleport between cover And get up to it that way uh, But mm-hmm. otherwise Out of luck Good times Good times uh, I want to read this a little bit here from a PC Gamer article about the Marauders. That okay. kind of caught my eye. Uh, Most players will never trivialize the Marauder, though, and that sustained presence of danger was also by design. Quote, uh, this quote is by Hugo Martin, the director of the game, by the way. Uh, the idea that there would be one enemy that would command your respect and then what that would do for the other enemies that when he is out there on the floor, says Martin, Despite those broad shoulders and hot red gaze, Martin says the Marauder is mostly there to, quote, steer you into the fun zone. Yeah, there's nothing more fun than the Marauder. Something that you have (laughs) to fight in one specific way. Anytime I think about the Marauder, I do not think that I'm in the fucking fun zone, Martin. Yeah. Like, I'm in the opposite of the fun zone. The Marauder sucks. One of the worst enemies in video games. Just completely fucks the whole pace up. Of a doom level to have a marauder come in And have to deal with that shit Thankfully there aren't that many of them But no, yes It is merciful but even then like Even in the small quantity that there are in that game Every time you see another one pop up It's just a it's speed bump It's just the worst bump. feeling in the world yeah. yeah, It's a speed bump that you like fly over on your razor scooter And you like bruise the shit out of your arm <laughs> Yeah Just fly into the air <laughs> I know what that's like from experience Congrats Yeah, so we've not been playing anything that we like Good to know (laughs) Video games are terrible I'm still liking Oddworld It just seems that like in every level There is some sort of like Not to go back to it But speed bump Where I just get really frustrated with Mm -hmm. it Like that boss in the train level that, That bit at the end of the one after that Where you gotta get everybody out of there Like Man. Well, with um, with Outriders, I was still having a good time with it until like okay, they're near the end. There was even one part just before that where I think I probably should not have been able to clear the area, um, but mm. I was able to do it with like good use of abilities and everything, and it was uh, rewarding to pull it off. Um, but then, yeah, this part with the spotters is just nope, no thanks. Terrible. Well, the funny thing and is, I looked like, on, I... It, it got me looking at the Outriders subreddit to see if other people had this problem, and everybody's <laughs> saying, spotters are terrible and overpowered, get rid of them, or do something about Perfect. this. So, yeah. Uh, I was actually worried that I was not making enough progress in Soulstorm, and that when we were going to sit down and talk, you were already going to be, like, at level 10, and I was still fucking around on level 4. Yeah, probably so I really be by next down. week at this point. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I tried to buckle down and make some progress, and in, in doing that yesterday, those two bits frustrating me as much as they did. Like, I'm putting that down again for a few days mm. and just playing Persona 2. Like, my relationship with Oddworld Soulstorm Soul so far has been, like, I have a lot of fun for a while, and I get to part of the game that pisses me off, and then I don't want to touch it for two days. So, a lot of it, though goes back to what we were talking about even last week where they they probably could have tightened some stuff up make levels shorter or segment them in a way that makes it easier to come back to it later on friendship without writers ended lorne landing is my new best friend (laughs) 
I gotta beat the level I'm on now, though, before they do the uh, the update tomorrow. Or are you able to like back out of that game and have it pick up like on a checkpoint in a level, or does it make yeah. you restart the level? Yes, okay. you, you can go. You can start at the checkpoint. Um, I think if Considering you do, they took like quick saves away and everything. I was actually worried that it would just start you back at the start of the level. So I think if you do level select to go back to an old one, that's the way it is. You have to play it in one shot. Yes, if if you want to get through that level and like, yeah, that's the way that works. Because uh, the continue will just take you back to whatever you did last. But I've not hit continue so far without being at the very start of level, so I didn't know oh. if it. Yeah, it'll start wherever you were. Well, I will at least say so. You have something to look forward to. Uh, the, the Glucken you like so much comes back for a for a fun cutscene in the Blimp again. Uh, but unfortunately, on the other hand, I am now six levels into the game, still not at the factory. Oh no! <laughs> still fucking around in the desert. So uh, you're only six levels in. There's what seventeen. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, well, hold on. Uh, no, no, I'm seven levels in. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually not that far from like what Exodus was like. There's a lot of like the mines yeah. at the beginning of that game. Again, seventeen levels, fifteen if you don't get like the the good ending. But one of the the fun things about it too, because uh, I went and checked the trophies for it, because I remember you telling me that the trophies for this game are kind of a mess. There's uh-huh. stuff for like beating it without dying, which. Again, considering the how fucked that boss is in that train level, I really don't know how. Like, it's just up to luck at that point beating that level without taking a death. Um, but one of the things I noticed in the trophies was like getting one for the bad ending. Yeah. But if you save enough Madokins to get the good ending, there's no way to roll it back and get the bad ending. Yeah. So you need to just make sure you play the game bad up until the point that you beat it, and then go back and replay levels until you unlock each successive ending to get the trophies for them, which is a not not a good way to design that. Yep, I The better also way would be that. that you just, un- yeah, you should just unlock the trophies for it each time you get past that threshold where you would get that ending. And then, like, if you really want to, just have, like, a, a movie gallery or something that you unlock at the end of the game, so you can just go back and watch the ending that you didn't get. Yeah. Not the way they decided to do it. Nope. <laughs> so that's great. Oh, good thing trophies are worthless. Yeah. They're not like achievement points. Those have value. Uh, you want to get that achievement lamp? What achievement lamp? It's designed to. It's designed to look like the uh, achievement trophy, except like the little Xbox symbol above it lights up. Yeah, maybe. How much are they? Yeah. I have no idea. And check the price. Probably too I was looking much. at one of the ones that was like the uh, PlayStation controller symbols. It lights up blue. I think like those are like $40 or something. I mean, look, I'm going to have to show you this MODOK figure I've been looking at. Ooh. It's coming out. It's a it's a mega deluxe MODOK. It's to scale, too, with the other Marvel Legends, so he's a big boy. Mm. Looks real good. I do want a mega deluxe MODOK. It looks good. It's great because his arms and legs are fully poseable, even though they're they're like there's nothing you can really do with them. <laughs> Got like alternate face plates though. Hey, speaking of someone whose arms and legs are fully poseable but are otherwise vestigial, we need to talk about Big Pussy. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just like Bobby Bacala. I, I finished season one of The Sopranos. Congrats. And the question on my mind is, where is Big Pussy? Well, you'll have what to everyone find out. wants to know. Actually, I'm a little bit into season two, so I know now. But I also find it weird that he just like disappears from the story for the last three episodes and then shows up. I was just like, ah, Tony, my back was fucked and I was banging some broad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Nothing suspicious about that at all. So that does that go like he was somewhere yeah. doing something that's going to come up later? Yes. Okay, because it almost felt it almost felt to me like something happened to the actor towards the tail end of filming the first season and they had to kind of like quietly write him off and see whether or not they were going to bring him back. No, that that is like related to the plot. I actually thought you would okay. know why by now. But I guess if you like just started season two, maybe not. I don't remember exactly yeah, just, when some stuff happens. I just jumped into season two, so I'm I'm not sure where they go with that stuff. But I, but again, it it almost felt to me like, it, hey, we needed to get this guy out of here. Maybe he's in the hospital or something. I don't know. No, no. Um, okay. I'm almost done with season four, and <laughs> the whole bit with Christopher in season four is hilarious. He's just like a smacked out junkie the entire time. Like, if you thought Christopher couldn't be any more useless than he already was, oh boy. He's pretty damn useless. Yeah. He just shows up, like, nine out of ten scenes he has with Tony is him contradicting Tony or undermining him, uh and then Tony grabbing him by the collar and (laughs) going like, look, you motherfucker. Yeah. Well... Uh, there's an intervention scene where Polly Walnuts does that to him in this. Also, the intervention guy is Casey Jones, which is extra good. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, he um, th- this is especially because it's at a time where so Junior, uh, I'm not gonna go into the specifics because you're not there yet. Yeah. But Tony decides it's a good idea that he should. Start only giving orders to Christopher Because he's his blood So he can trust him Which is a very dumb idea But uh, yeah, um, So he's going to put all of his trust in Christopher And meanwhile Christopher is just like Dozing off all the time And like Tony's <laughs> calling him to have him Like meet him places And he shows up like two hours late And he's just like hey, Adriana put the keys somewhere I couldn't find him and um <laughs> he's like, Christopher, I need you to come over and cut up this body with me. And he's just like, eh, you know, things happen. <laughs> it's really good. God, Christopher sucks. He does. But he sucks like, in a way that I've been commandeered to though, where it's just like, oh, he's oh yeah, such I a love dope. Him. He's terrible. Yeah. Um, I had issues with him at the start of the first season By the end of this first one Like the, the last place I actually left off on in season 2 Was them going to like uh, Sicily Oh and yes yes Furio get to Yeah Furio. Christopher's whole involvement In that is just Hey Chris we really need you to come with us To these meetings And he's just like uh, Tony I got heroin <laughs> Like also That Sicily trip is like the Rosetta Stone for that whole show because it's just like these people know what they're doing like they're the competent like real mafia oh, just God, compared yeah. to the guys back in Joyzy who are a bunch of idiots that can't do anything right <laughs> well, I just like the Polly Walnuts the entire time he's there he's just trying to fit in yeah 
and just and no like, one wants anything to do with him they just tell him that he's a schmuck in like italian and yeah. he's just like uh beautiful country beautiful people and they're like get <laughs> fucked and then the sicilians like they look at the sopranos and they're just like we should probably send furio over there to try to keep them from messing things up too badly uh which is good <laughs> because furio is a nice boy he's like maybe the best guy in the show like him and bobby bacala are the two nice boys of the show i just like i just like the old guy that they got there like the, the the boss he's in the wheelchair and everything it's clear that he's just kind of like a symbolic figurehead but yeah. like the, the people with the real power they're the ones wheeling him around and he just like he doesn't really communicate with tony outside of just saying the name of different roads in the United States <laughs> yeah. and looking very proud of himself. Just, <laughs> like, just look over at Tony over at the dinner table and just be like, uh, the New Jersey a turn by. <laughs> and Tony's like, yeah, very good. Uh. <laughs> that, I know that we're doing this season by season, but just that the episode where they go to Italy is very, very good. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, the, the, the first season... Uh, I really liked where they ended up going with it. Um, I enjoy that this whole kind of hit being put out on Tony is largely due to his mom being manipulative and mm -hmm. various misunderstandings because everybody's an idiot. Yeah, basically. Uh, in particular, the stuff with Big Pussy. Um, that episode, uh, so of course we had mentioned in the last podcast where we did this that there were indictments and that was the next thing kind of like on the dock for for me on the show was oh they're getting investigated by the fbi uh so they pick up a few of them and tony is under the impression that big pussy is now a rat he's wearing a wire mm -hmm. which is not the case it's um i can't remember the character's name i'm blanking on it it was the other uh... guy that gets picked up with big pussy oh i don't remember he's little pussy He's big pussy-esque, so I see how, like, the detective could have made the mistake. They look very similar. Okay. One is less rotund than the other, that's why he's a little pussy. Um, but the detective character who who shows up a few times prior to this, he's, you know, he's Tony's guy on the inside, and he's telling him, like, look, you can't trust big pussy. And yeah, that's Tony's the dad from Home Alone. Yeah. And uh, Tony is obviously conflicted about this because big pussy is, like, family to him. Uh, but this whole thing just ends up, like... He finds out that the detective owes money to Big Pussy, and so the detective is maybe manipulating Tony to get Big Pussy killed. So Tony drives him to suicide. Yeah. And, like, then finds out later that, oh, oopsie dupes, actually he was just confused. He got the wrong guy, but someone was wearing a wire, and then Tony's just kind of like, eh, how about that? Yeah. What are you gonna <laughs> just, do? Doesn't... Yeah, eh, oops. Look, it's not like I killed him, he threw himself off that bridge. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um i i do like though that in that episode he's talking to paulie and he's just arranging the hit on a uh, big pussy but he's like i need you to make sure that he's not wearing a wire so this gets like a really good comedy scene mm -hmm. where paulie leads him to go get a like a uh <laughs> they're going to like a sauna and paulie's just like yeah why don't you take off your clothes yeah, <laughs> he's you like know. i'm not gonna do that he's like I need you to get naked in front of me right now. Please take <laughs> off all your clothes and let me see your naked body. Yeah, he, he was very subtle about it. It was very like, <laughs> please talk into this plant. Yeah. 
I think he like practically yells at one point, get naked, and then Bolly's yeah. just like, fuck you, and walks away. And then disappears from the show for the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> it's great, because like, later on, Tony thinks that Polly actually killed him, and he's just like, I need you to tell me, don't you fucking lie to me, did you do what I asked you to do? And he's just like, no, it's the weirdest thing, he wouldn't take all of his clothes off and let me see him naked, <laughs> so I didn't kill him. Polly's such a weirdo. <laughs> Ollie's great. I love him. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a bit later on where, like, he basically causes almost two people to get killed just because he, like, <laughs> tells somebody over the phone about a joke that they told, like, at a dinner. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know why he decided. Well, I think the idea was he was trying to play him against each other, but then everybody's like wondering who even told Johnny sack about this anyway. And it just like shows Polly there in the background, just like, sh- like the shifty eyed dog in the Simpsons, just like <laughs> looking back and forth, almost like tugging his collar and sweating. <laughs> I love Polly. He's, I think he might actually be my favorite character in this. There's one bit where you see a bit of like his apartment and it's very similar to like, um, uh, the smoking man in the X-Files Just like sitting in a chair In a bare room with a TV in the corner <laughs> He doesn't even have any posters on his wall Oh yeah that's how you know he's weird Yeah uh, But I One of my favorite parts about this season So a, a lot of it Like I said uh, you know, Tony ends up in the crosshairs Because his mom is a real Piece of shit yeah. Just a grade A monster and she's upset that she's been put in this nursing home and neglected, even though, like, Tony, d- you know, despite the fact that he's obviously not a good guy, pretty good son. Yeah. He's, he's there for his mother. He visits her. He is nice to her. He brings her things. She's trying to, he's trying to do everything that he's doing for her out of a good place. It's a lot better than Janice. Janice is terrible. Oh, God. Yeah, Janice is a real sack of crap. But we'll, we'll get there the next time that we do this. But So has Richie Appeal uh, shown up yet? Where you're at? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's shown up uh, pantsless inside of Tony's mom's house. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, yeah, oh, you want some eggs? That, that guy's got some real, coffee. Like, like, Dan Hedaya vibes. Yeah. I'm fucking your sister, Tony. Here's some eggs. What are you going to do about it? Let's be adults about this. Um. Yeah, so... Tony's mom is she basically has Junior's ear and she knows what she's doing. She's just like, Oh, you seen a quack, you know, back in the day they would have killed someone for that, and she's very much trying to push Junior into taking Tony out. Yeah. Uh, but where this eventually goes is she has a, a stroke, or or so she says, Tony is not convinced. But you get a really, really good cathartic scene of Tony as they're wheeling her through the hall. Like, getting right in her face going, like, I know it was fucking you. Yeah. I know it was you. And punching out, like, EMTs that are trying to get her or get him away from her. And it's so good. It's just all this animosity that you build for this character over the season gets released through Tony in that scene. Yeah. And now everything that I've seen of him uh, in regards to her in season two so far has been going, like, she's dead. We don't talk about her in this home. And as far as I'm concerned, she can rot in a nursing home. It's just like, yeah, Tony. Yeah. Yes. Sell her home. Right. So, yeah, um, Livia's terrible. And uh, thankfully, well, can't. 
not to be mean about the actress, but thankfully she died, so you don't have to see any more <laughs> of, of that character anymore, at least. Um, but like the the last scene with her is very odd because they like cut it together with existing footage and like green screen and stuff, and so it ends up just looking like when Weird Al would interview Eminem, and it's just like him talking to standard footage and going like, so, uh, what are you doing here on MTV? And then he just says something about meatloaves or something, and then cut back to Weird Al going, hmm, I see. It, so it's, it's just like Princess Leia in that last Star Wars movie. No, not okay. Not that advanced. It's uh, not it's, even it's, that convincingly no, composited? No, it's oh, much geez. more like disjointed and everything like when i say Christ. it's similar to the al tv segments i'm not exaggerating you could actually maybe go look at that scene on youtube if you wanted so i don't think it would even spoil anything it's just like no it's really strange but i might check that out it's like it's early season three i think like at the beginning of season three because i think she died between seasons um like at the rate that i'm going through this show because like i you know again had a moment over the weekend where I was like, I really, I really need to start Star Trek. So I just doubled down on the Sopranos and yeah. I'm trying to just digest as much of it as possible so I can move on to bigger, greater things. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Anyway, I do want to take an exception um, with one thing. I think it's a little bit sick and I don't like that you brought it up on the podcast. Like, taking pleasure in a old woman dying <laughs> is hey, just no, not I don't, on brand for us. I, I don't take pleasure in her dying, but Larry, it's good that you don't need to see that character again. Larry, it's destroy old children, not destroy all old women, okay? Well, that's okay, because Betty White's going to live forever. I know you're saying that to hurt me. <laughs> yeah, well, we all know it's true. She's going to outlive all of us. It actually is like, I can't remember who pointed that out to me, that it's like a real slap in the face to lose this Deadpool. And I told them, like, no, the real slap in the face would be if she outlives me. Yeah. My dying breath would would be to curse her. Like, my last few moments, I'd, I know how this will go down because I know my luck. I'd be conscious enough as I'm dying to know that I'm dying. And the last thought I have is, oh, Christ, Betty White is still alive. <laughs> and then I would be extinguished. Yeah, well, comes for us all. Betty White, that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, season one of The Sopranos was pretty good overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I guess, like, it feels a little weird to me, too, though, at the same time, because I, the way that prestige television is now versus back then is the end of the first season would probably set up so much more like mystery going into the second one yeah. that you're left wondering like, God, what's next for this? There are so many loose threads that need to get tied up at the end of the first season of the Sopranos. There's still some stuff like that, but for the most part, everything is kind of like wrapped up with a neat little bow, like yeah. juniors in jail. Uh, Tony's mom had a stroke and is taken out of the game. Basically uh, Tony's now the boss. Like if you left off at the first season, it would be its own like little self-contained thing, and it would be fine for that. And so I think that they probably didn't expect that they were going to go as far with it as they did. And so I'm wondering, and perhaps you can tell me, if it starts to feel more like current prestige television the further in you get with it. If, if they're raising more questions and waiting to answer them. Yeah. Uh, like two okay. ends with a cliffhanger, kind of. Okay. 
Yeah, because I've been like rewatching a bunch of clips of Breaking Bad recently because they have been ending up in my YouTube recommendations. And I don't know why I keep watching them, but I do. Uh, and I've been thinking about going back and rewatching that series, but it kind of also got me thinking about like how different Breaking Bad is from Sopranos, even though they're both prestige television, they're both crime dramas. Uh, just the way that they tell their stories differently and how a lot of those differences is just due to the amount of time that exists between them and where that form of storytelling has gone in those mm -hmm. intervening years. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's been, yeah, like, Sopranos was 99, so, yeah, things change over time. I'm not really yes, sure what your do. point is here. Um, Just, like, again, this is, like, maybe the the first real instance of like old early era prestige TV that I watched. And so okay. it's just nice to kind of appreciate how much that format has, has changed over the years. But then wondering too, like, again, I'm only one season in really in the Sopranos. And so I wonder how much even that show kind of like changes by the time it gets to the last season, hmm. um, how much it might end up reflecting what prestige television is now versus how much that first season is. Uh, one one comparison between those two shows, though, which I did not realize until a few days ago, is that the last season is divided up into two separate yep. but equal seasons. Well, I think one's longer than the other, but yeah. They should just, in, in both of those cases, should have just said, hey, you know what, this season is shorter than normal. And just given them proper season numbers instead of like, here's season six, part A, and here's season six, part B. I hate that stuff. I feel like that's like a contractual thing. Like they have the actors for six be. seasons or whatever. And that's their way of getting around it. Sign yeah. a contract with an actor for one season and then it's like, here's season one, part four. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Rush song. <laughs> they do it like The Simpsons. It's like, we're on the 32nd part of season one. Our actors, we're, we're still paying them the same rate we did 20 years ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a really good scam we got going on. Uh. Well, anyway, that's uh. We'll we'll do another gobble zone at at some point, probably soon. Because again, I'm I'm really trying to get through these so I can move over to Star Trek. Yeah. Um, yeah. Retro corner. I played I played some old games. Great. What? Not recently though. I played these quite a while ago uh, because I'm still going through Persona Two. I don't have anything more recent. So let's uh, wander through the haze of your memory. That's right. Uh, let me see what I can remember about Goof Troop for the Super Nintendo. Yes. <laughs> One of the best Super Nintendo video games. Yeah. From Shinji Mikami. I didn't get to... I didn't get to enjoy this with another person, unfortunately. At the time that I played it, I, I couldn't get anyone to sit down with me. Because uh, I think that's the way to really enjoy this game, but it's still like perfectly playable with one person. I always played it like by myself back in the day. It's still a really fun game with one person, but yeah. I just, you know, it's one of those things where the chaos that you get out of having two people trying to solve a puzzle yeah, probably like makes it more fun. Knocking each other into pits with your hookshot thing. Yes, all co-op games should give you the ability to harm the other player. <laughs> I'm very adamant about this. It is the best feature. Mode yes, it is the best feature in Streets of Rage is being able to bean your partner in the back of the head. Mm -hmm. Like letting them deal with three guys and then just walking over to them and kicking them in the back of the skull and then running <laughs> away. <laughs> Fantastic. Sure. Um, 
the only way to play Mario 3D World is with other people in the room with you. That game is fucking chaos. Um, but with Goof Troop, I didn't get to enjoy it that way. Uh, Goof Troop is a uh, over-the-head kind of like puzzle game. Yeah. Uh, you go room to room and you have to solve pretty rudimentary puzzles in order to proceed. You got like a little like hookshot thing to get past uh, certain gaps and stuff. A lot of it's just like pushing blocks around and it's all yeah. pretty simple. You know, it's just a little uh, tiny little SNES game designed for children's who would enjoy Goof Troop at the time. Uh, Despite just, like, like not really... really having anything to do with Goof Troop, except that stars Goofy and Max and like Pete's the bad guy. Yeah, they're on like a pirate island or something yeah. like that. They get marooned there and they got to find Pete and his weirdo kid. That, that little creep. Yes. Yeah. I forget what his uh, name was. Little Pussy. <laughs> that was him. <laughs> I thought it was real fucked up when Mac shot him in the back of the head and sprayed his brains all over that radiator. PJ. That was it. Yes. Thank you. Um, Pussy Jr. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's all part of the design. I'm not making any of this up. It's all canon. That's what, yeah, Shinji Mikami came up with it himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just a really solidly designed game, though. Uh, like, of course, like graphically, it is real pretty because it's a Capcom Disney game, and so just the the colors are all real vibrant, and the sprite work is terrific. It's got that font the music. Oh yeah, it's got, oh it's got the Capcom font, mm-hmm. Larry. Mark of a great game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I have a whole lot to say about Goof Troop. It's just a fun little like co-op puzzle game on the SNES. It's really, really great, and I think that people should check it out, especially if they can get somebody else to play it with them. Which again, I did not do, but I suspect it's a real good time. Uh, not a good time, though, is Tailspin on the Sega Genesis. Oh, Genesis. The game that taught me how to hate. I owned this as a kid. I had this on a cart, and I, I played... could never get past the boss in the mailroom. I played the NES version. I don't think I've ever played Genesis version. I didn't know it existed. Yeah, there's a there's a Sega Genesis version of this game. Probably worse than the SNES version. Huh. Which I'm no, assuming is not said good. NES, not Super Nintendo. Oh, NES. I'm sorry. Um. I'm assuming that's also not a good game, though. Uh, no, not really. Okay. This is just like a, a platformer. Uh, if you can actually look it up for me, I forgot who made this, because I don't think it was Capcom. I will look. Couldn't possibly be Capcom. They were putting out way better stuff at that point in time, so I would have to assume it was a different company that got a hold of Tailspin. Uh, three um, different Tailspin video games were produced. One was a side-scrolling shooting game published by Capcom for the NES and Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two were platform games. One developed by Sega for the Sega Genesis and Game Gear, and the other developed by NEC for the TurboGrafx-16. Yeah, TurboGrafx. Yeah. Wow. Sega put this out, huh? I guess so. The weird thing is it doesn't Christ. say who developed the NES one, just published by Capcom. I would have to assume it was also Capcom. Oh yeah, they yeah were I guess still so. Disney games at that point. Like that time. one, it it has like um, it has the plane shooting segments, but then it also has platforming yeah. parts in it, which those are the problem. 
so it's the same thing in the Genesis one. There's platforming and then there's a few plane shooting segments. I don't think there's much plane shooting segments. There's only like maybe one or two. The NES but like one the is mostly that. Well, but the platforming in the Genesis one is also the problem. Like yeah. Baloo moves very clumsily. He is a big ass bear who is missing a lot of valuable frames of animation that would probably <laughs> make him feel like he at least controls better than he does. Uh, his weapon is a, um, oh, why am I, um, oh no, my brain's been rotted from the Sopranos. Yeah, the paddle and the ball. The paddle and the ball. The, the ball's attached to the paddle, and then you you hit the paddle out, and the ball bounces off of it over and yeah. over again, because it's on, like, a little rubber band. What's the, it's just paddle ball? Just paddle ball. <laughs> I don't just think there's ball. another term for it. <laughs> I thought there was another name for it. No. Okay, Whatever. He attacks with a little paddle ball thing, except like this is maybe the worst weapon in all of video games because like it barely goes out in front of him at all. And it's just a really clumsy mode of attack. And like it's way up by his face and not his lower body. So whatever you're attacking needs to be like up there in order to hit it properly. It's the worst. And then like most of the time it feels like the hit detection in the game just doesn't exist. So you'll hit something with it, very obviously hit something with it, and it just won't like take damage. Yeah. So this is exactly so the... like the Animaniacs game, where Yakko also had a pedal ball as his weapon. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. It's been so long since I played the Animaniacs game. Well also, apparently the NES version does not have platformer segments in it. Oh I, I remembered that it did, but I guess not. I wonder if maybe you did play the Genesis version and just maybe didn't, like your your memory is so fuzzy that you're conflating it with the NES one. Could be. Well, I played the NES one not that long ago because it was in that Disney Afternoon collection thing. Mm. Um, but I thought there was a bit where, yeah, I, maybe not. Maybe I was just I did not play much of it because it was not fun. So I was probably I... just assuming the platforming parts came later. If you still have it up, can you tell me the year that this game was released to? Uh, because I think that, like, 92. there is a very... Okay, that makes sense. Kind of. No, wait. Genesis came out in 89. Yeah. Right? I think so. Okay, then, Maybe no, it doesn't, get a, it doesn't get a pass on this, then. <laughs> We've talked about the specific vibe that early Sega Genesis games have before. There's this certain kind of quality to them, like the sound is extra tinny. The sprites are way too big. There's just not as much like animation quality. Uh, like Shinobi is an example of that or Altered Beast. Tailspin feels like one of those games like it came out in 89. And then like I had a moment because I was like, that can't be right because I don't think Tailspin show came out until like the very early 90s. I mean, I'm looking at screenshots of uh, Tailspin for Genesis and this looks like crap. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> and it was made by Sega specifically, which is why it, it has that early Sega Genesis vibe to it. And yet you're telling me it came out in 92. So it has, there's no reason it should have that vibe to it. It's just that level of crap that like four years into the console, they made a year one game. Well, here's the thing. This was from Sega Interactive Development Division. Here are the they other don't know games. how to develop anything that's interactive based on Tales. You're, I'll say you're that right, right now. because here are the games they have, they have developed. Um, okay. Starting 89, you had Cabal and Robocop. 91, 
Tailspin. 92, Disney's Darkwing Duck. 92, Green Dog, the Beached Surfer Dude. You ever play that one? Uh, No. It's not good. Sounds familiar. (laughs) Um, 92, Tailspin. I guess one was Game Gear. This one was Genesis. Doesn't say which is which. Eternal Champions. Mm. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. (laughs) Oh, no. Sonic Spinball. Oh, God. Tom Mason's Dinosaurs for Hire. Okay. That sounds Sonic, cool. The Sonic Spinball connection tracks. Yeah. The, there is a, the, the level of quality is about on par with Sonic Spinball. Uh, Seven Cities of Gold Commemorative Edition NBA action starring David Robinson, Star Wars Arcade, Disney's Bonkers. That, by, sorry, going back a second, that doesn't even sound like a video game. That sounds like a book of coins that someone would try to sell you in a TV commercial. Yeah. Uh, Disney's Bonkers, Garfield Caught in the Act, uh, Eternal Champions, Challenge from the Dark Side, Sega Family Fun Pack, that doesn't count, uh, and Garfield The Lost Levels in 96. That's the Garfield game that it like they put it out in Japan and then when yeah, they tried to it bring was it too over hard. like this is, yeah, and so they reskinned Doki Doki Panic but with Garfield. <laughs> That'd be pretty John's good. John's the best because he's got that flutter jump. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Odie can hover though. That's true. Yeah. Who would be Toad? Would it? Would it be? Uh... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Anyway, it's fine that John drank the dog cum because it was all a dream, so he didn't do it for real. Yeah. Yeah. The girlfriend anyway. smoking a pipe was real. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Um. Yeah, I. How embarrassing! Like that whole list of games. Yeah. The few that, that I'm familiar this, with, that in was there not are Sega's terrible. not Sega's best division. I'm gonna say no. But even then, you think like that many years of making games, they would have figured it out a little bit better. Like, they, mean, their first game was like '88, you said, and like by '92, they were putting out Tailspin. I mean, even that's then. a lot of games to be releasing. Like all of those were over the course of seven years. So yeah, I I wonder how big that team was. If it was know. small and they just had to rapidly churn everything out, or if it was a fairly large division that was just being given, you know, the 90s equivalent of shovelware. Probably that. It It is uh, Sega's version of the Platinum B team. Oh, no. <laughs> just, here's a bunch of licensed stuff. It doesn't need to be good. Just make sure it's a video game that plays on a console. People like getting infuriated when they found out that Transformers game was actually good. They're like, no, it's supposed to be more like this Korra game and this Ninja <laughs> Turtles game. What are you doing? <laughs> Why is the Transformers one the one that they made good, damn it? I don't know. Platinum Games had a Ninja Turtles license for like a hot minute. And you would think, like, ordinarily, like, a man. Yeah. A Ninja Turtles game made by Platinum, that sounds fantastic. That's a winning and then it's combination. Like one of, it's one of the worst. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, by the way, I'm going to eat some Hubble pie here. On uh, the PS3 stream the Digital Foundry did, they loaded up Turtles in Time Reshelled, and you can at least re-download that game on the PlayStation 3. I... Swear to God, it won't let me on the Xbox. I'm pretty sure you can on Xbox. I haven't gotten mine Maybe out to I'm, try it, but yeah, I think I that was always the case. I might be doing something wrong. Yeah, but uh, I need to turn the Xbox on and try that at some point before they inevitably shut off service on the Xbox. 
Um, not to go back to that whole thing, but I feel that would be less big of a deal because Microsoft is better about carrying that stuff forward each console. So like a lot of that stuff, I think you'd still have access to on the Series X sure. uh, through the store. But in the case of Reshelled, that has been delisted. So it is important to install that if you can, because otherwise so, it's just gone. There is stuff, though, that's like uh, it's been delisted. They still make available for download, like uh, Too Human. Like there was that whole thing. Although I guess that they eventually just brought it, brought it back and made it free because they legally can't Are you talking it. about on the Series X? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, like, if you want, you can go download Two Human. <laughs> play that. Microsoft is so much better about this stuff than their competitors. <laughs> Holy yeah. crap! So, like, that's an extra step I wouldn't have thought that anybody would have taken, but that is wonderful that they give people that option. Yeah. Um. But again, I guess the that... thing is, like, if it's not compatible, which Reshelled is not, yeah. then there wouldn't be any way to yeah. get at it. Uh, I think that. John Lemon did say that he wanted to do a whole video about reshelled, and I really hope that they do because I I think that game needs to be immortalized in some way. It's such a weird thing. Yeah. And like I'd, and they they had said like the whole push at that point in time was to remake a bunch of other games like that in the same vein and then like that game performing so poorly kind of just like botched that whole plan. They delisted were, it and backed off. They were too mad that you could detect diagonally in it, which is a weird thing that to get and, mad about. That and removing the music, I remember people getting really pissed about, which, yeah. like, the music in Turtles in Time is fantastic, and it's definitely a loss to not have it in there, but oh, also, yeah. I, I feel that game is more maligned than it really ought to be. It's still a perfectly fine Ninja Turtles, like, beat-em-up game. It would have been better, I think, if they tried to make it a completely original thing that just played that way and looked that way than making Turtles in Time again, but it's fine. Yeah. I agree. Anyway, Tailspin is a game that clearly I don't want to talk about because <laughs> I'm talking about literally anything that's other than Tailspin. Uh, it's bad. The jumping feels bad. There's a lot of precise platforming you have to do, and so it feels bad. Attacking feels bad. It looks bad. It sounds bad. There is a fight with a boss in a mailroom. Again, as a kid, I could not get past it because this boss just shoots these little tiny marbles that ricochet all over the place, and it is a nightmare not getting hit by them. And, like, the feedback you get for taking damage isn't good either, so you just end up, like having your health melt away before you even realize it. Ah! God bless my mom. She knew that I liked Tailspin and she bought me this fucking video game, but it's terrible. That Good and the times. Adams Family. Those were like the two <laughs> carts that I had that like they were bad and I knew at the time they were bad, but I kept playing it because I refused to let them win. Yeah. Um, which I've now beat Tailspin, so I've defeated it. That Adams Family game. I tried to go back to it at the start of doing this list, and I could not. Yeah, so it's hard. I, yeah, I am defeated by the Adams Family game. Gomez just slips sliding around everywhere at hyperspeed. Yeah, and then it's also built almost like a Metroid game, but also kind of not really. It's just kind of more free form about where you go. But then yeah. that just makes it real easy to get lost. Like, the, the level design in that game is so confusing. And those bats are jerks. Oh, God. Yeah. Ain't flying enemy in a side-scroller. 
I don't like bats in pretty much any video game, and you know, in real life, they cause the coronavirus. Which is ironic because you love Batman. I do. <laughs> I want Batman to bite me, and then I get rabies. Yeah. And die. I want Ninja Baseball Batman to bite me, so I get baseball Ooh. powers. That'd be good too. It'll be like Kurt oh, Schilling. Ninja Baseball Batman on the list. Anyway, uh, ratings for the, for this game. Ratings. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Fuck them both. Don't play them. <laughs> what? Come on. I don't care. I can understand Goof that troops. for a tailspin. But come on. Okay. All right. All right. Well, there's two games to rank, and so I think I'm going to rank them more comparatively against each other. A kind Wait, of like which one on. do I recommend? Which one do I not? Hold on a second. I have a better idea for okay. a Goof Troop. I'm sorry to okay. give you like um to infringe on your whole thing here. No, but, no, it's uh, fine. There were 78 episodes of Goof Troop. Oh, okay. So, what would you give it out of 78? Uh, I would give it a 70, but I would give it a tentative 78. And the reason for that is, if I did play it with another person, I'm pretty sure, reasonably, it would be a 78 out of 78. Okay. Also, yeah. there were only two seasons. Okay, going back to that thing we talked about, where old oh, cartoons yeah. had that weird thing. It's just, just like hurry up and get this thing into syndication. Yeah, it was three yeah. seasons of 140 episodes. Oh, you hit syndication? You're canceled. Get yep. out of here. That's all you need. We need to free these Korean animators up for Darkwing Duck. <laughs> Gotta keep moving. Let's get actually. Uh, Darkwing Darkwing Duck came out before Goof Troop, right? Uh, no, they were about no, the it, same time. I keep thinking Goof Troop came out like late '90s for some reason, even though clearly there is an SNES game. Yeah, let's see. Goof Troop was '92. Darkwing Duck was probably later, actually. 91 to 92, so Darkwing Duck actually was slightly before. I might have told this story before, but part of why I know Darkwing like Duck was pretty early on. talking while I was looking it up, either. Just, uh, just nicely sit there as I look it up. Well, no, I'm being very patient. I don't okay. want yeah, to intrude. Um... I might have told this story before, but yeah, like the the thing that dates Darkwing Duck for me, if I think about it, is when I was a kid and we moved from uh I'm gonna name the states. We moved from one state to another because my parents divorced. And so there was a while where I didn't have a bed. So my mom just had this box that she put like a bunch of like pillows and stuff <laughs> at the bottom of. So I was sleeping inside of a box. Did I not tell this? I don't think so. Okay, so I was sleeping inside of I had a house, first of all, so it was fine, yeah. but I was sleeping inside of a box. Okay. <laughs> I was tiny. I was tiny. I was a little. I was like four years old. I was a little tiny child. I'm I'm small enough as an adult. You can only imagine as a child. I'm I'm like baby sized, even though I'm like four years old. That's a good point. I'm, just, I'm in. I'm in there with a cigar. <laughs> and move it, toots. <laughs> anyway, I'm sleeping inside of this box, and I have this um action figure from Darkwing Duck, and it's of the uh, electrical guy. He had, oh, yeah, like, Megavolt. Uh, yeah, Megavolt. And what this toy was is he had like a little like dial on the back, and you would flick it, and there was this window in his chest, and it would spark inside of its chest, because it was basically just a lighter that was yeah. built into a toy. 
it seemed like a real fucking fire hazard, but I kept sleeping inside a cardboard box <laughs> with a lighter toy just flicking it as I was going to sleep. I vividly remember all this stuff because, like, as an adult, looking back on it, I'm like, oh, every single part of that is just a disaster waiting to happen. This I is, can't believe they put that toy out. This is an important piece of George lore <laughs> that we've gotten. The the second best piece of George lore from the same, like, approximately the same point in time is I was plugging in, like, a lamp. And I bring this up because Megavolt, obviously. Yeah. But, like, my fingers were touching the metal, like, prongs as I was plugging it into the wall, and I shocked the ever-loving shit out of myself. And then you became Dale Cooper. <laughs> no, I then I made, like, a list of really bad video games to play, and I committed oh. to it. Okay. my brain is rotten. Ugh. I had a dresser fall on me in that room, too. Everything in that room was just terrible, actually. <laughs> It's a well, tough trap. That's it for this week. <laughs> Goodbye, dinosaurs. to the